Hey everybody, and uh, welcome back to another exciting episode of Indie Film Cafe. I'm your host, Jonathan Mitty, and I've got my co-host... Yar, I be the Moo Cow, a.k.a. Paul A. Persenza. Yes, all right. And uh, uh, also with us is a special guest who's never been on... I don't think you've been on this one before. I think you've been on a couple, like one, at least one of my videos, right, Nicole? I don't remember. I think maybe. Yeah, I think once uh, you were, but uh, please welcome Nicole Six. How are you doing, Nicole? I'm doing good. It's a nice afternoon here. It was 80 degrees. Very pleasant day. Yay. You're in California, right? I am. Sunny California. Yeah. And we, uh, so nice. Uh, so 80 in California. That's actually really good. <laughs> no swabbing the poop deck out there. <laughs> No, and Paul keeps doing that uh, for a reason, and it's because we are going to be talking about the 2014 film Zombie Pirates. Ooh, I'm I'm excited to hear what people have to say about this movie. Um, I I like you know put this off, and I know Paul, you said you've seen it before, right? Yeah, yeah. I think I think you even told me you saw it, like you mentioned yeah. it. And uh, Nicole, you've never seen this movie before, right? No, this is my first time, yeah. All right. So first time watch for Nicole. That's awesome. I had seen it. I think I think this is my third time. So, you know, um, that should say what I kind of feel about the movie. You know, like a lot of times it's really hard to watch an independent film three times, you know. And in this film, I actually, you know, I don't I don't mind. You know, I didn't mind it like that. So uh, but uh, we're going to be talking about that and a lot more after some. Mood music. Yar. And we are back. Oh, man. So uh, we all watch this separately. Um, and uh, so we we all have our own thoughts probably going in our head. But let's uh, let's start with Nicole, since this is your first time watching it. What did you like overall, what did you think of it? Well, I have I watch movies slightly differently since I, I'm a writer and I also sometimes, especially with horror films, I get to write short films or I get to be like be a I, I die very well. I've been cast multiple times to be a corpse. And so I watched it thinking about it from the uh, industry perspective, like how hard it is to make a movie. And so I had a slightly different experience watching it and appreciating the fact I will say this right away. I like how little CGI there was. Like they really went all out in making it with the special effects. And I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, practical effects are always better in our opinion than CGI. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, so okay. I think that made it a different sort of film, especially for 2014. Definitely. What about you, Paul? Well, like I said, I had seen this before. It'd been quite a while. <clears throat> and you know, I'm a big Sarah French fan. So um that's always a big plus. Uh, I'm familiar with Steve Sessions, a few of his other movies. Um, so I kind of knew what to expect. I knew this was more along of a, a low budget slash micro budget film. And um, there are definitely some things that I really liked about the film. And I have some problems with a bunch of things in this film too. Um, you know, the biggest problem I have in addition to things like just repetition of scenes and padding is the the absolute lack of urgency that the characters have 
given their situation, everything seems to be moving in a very deliberate, slow pace when they shouldn't. When you're suddenly confronted by rotting zombies, you should really have reactions to that. Like you <laughs> really quickly do things. And um, nobody seems to really do that. They all just kind of sit there, stand there and wait for things to happen. And it seems like for most of the movie, everybody's kind of waiting for things to happen. And I'm, I want more, you know, more energy in, in what's going on, more dynamics. And I wasn't getting it. That was my main issue. The scene like where the, the pirate is coming toward them and they're backing up very slowly reminded me very much of the uh the carpet monster movie we watched right, right. where creeping terror yeah where he's just like why are you moving slowly you should be running toward your car or wherever else to get to safety or um, firing your gun which you yeah. have yeah you can shoot them they do eventually but well, they do eventually yes but we'll, we'll get on to all of that and i mean if it were me and i saw a zombie pirate he wouldn't take me more than two seconds you know what i mean especially if you had a gun right you know, you know like grab that gun but anyway we're, we're going to talk about that i wanted to give a little bit of background on the film so as i said before it's a written and uh, directed also it was shot edited and composed by steve sessions so He's, he's a composer little, too, yeah. Yeah, he was the um uh he's a little Robert Rodriguez there. Um uh so then Sarah French uh stars in it and uh she played Linda, who was uh she was also in Steve Sessions Freak of the Sasquatch. Yep, yep, yep. Also, also did not mention he also did Shriek of the Sasquatch, Aberrations, Dead Clowns, and more. Um Malefic, that's those that's one of my favorites. Malefic, yeah. Um and then uh let's see uh so she was also in pretty boy and her new upcoming movie that's a wrap as land shark um terror overload i mean you know the list goes on uh chase c penny legion what a name <laughs> right yeah i was like and he looks like a penny legion he yeah. does <laughs> like i was like damn he looks like like i was wondering how they casted him you know i'm like they got such a perfect guy for the, the role i I don't know if you thought about this, Moody, but I immediately thought about the guy in American movie, the one sort of guy who's like older and is sort of over the top. That's exactly who he reminded me of. I, I did not <laughs> think of that because I hadn't seen that movie in forever, so I didn't think of that, but I can see it now. Um, but uh, he had also been in Aberrations uh, with Steve Sessions and nothing else, but I all I kept thinking was this guy looks like Colonel Sanders. <laughs> he did, yeah. Yeah, I was expecting bit. him to start whacking the zombies with some chicken drumsticks. So he played Grant. Uh, Eric Spudic, who uh, I'm very close friends with. Uh, I've known Eric uh, for a long while. Um, me and Eric, Eric and I met at Texas Frightmare originally. Like we met on like MySpace. We were MySpace friends and stuff. And I knew Eric through other movies that I've seen and stuff. And then he came up to me originally the first time at Texas Brightmare. He's like, are you Jonathan Moody? And I was like, yeah. And I didn't recognize him. He's like, Eric Spudic. I'm like, oh, crap. Awesome. So we met. And then he came to my house when I was in my apartment when I was living in Baton Rouge because he was living there at the time. And then when I moved to L.A., he came to my house and hung out with me and Jackie. So um, good times. He was uh, he he enjoyed coming over to the house and watching movies. We watched 
streak of the sasquatch over there and a couple of his couple of movies you know really good time um and we did a couple uh podcasts but he doesn't like to do podcasts because he doesn't like yeah, to i remember you were saying of, that he doesn't I'm like really to kind that. of say bad anything negative you know about movies you know or whatever that's just not his thing i don't think well um, i mean you can be you can be constructive about it you know you right. You know, we we love these movies, even if they're not very good. It doesn't really matter. We're we're as long as we're entertained and not right. bored. That that's the real thing there. Yeah. And that's the sort of thing we have to explain to folks. Yeah, yeah I have a, have my own podcast too. And when we bring people on, the same way you said you wanted us to be like, feel free to speak. We try to make the guests feel as comfortable as possible. Yeah. So sometimes, I mean, but. I, but I, I also understand not wanting to say anything bad because you might end up working with these people. Right. And, well, and you me, might end up working with those people. I'm not going to work with those people. He <laughs> <laughs> doesn't care what he says, you know. Right. Um, but I, I would be like that regardless, honestly. So. Yeah. And, you know, all I, what I think of it as, like, say what, you know, you would say to the person to their face, <clears> you know. <throat> Like, you know what I mean? Like, if you would, if we would say, you know, oh, man, you made a terrible movie, you know, their face kind of, you know, say it. If you think you would never actually say, you know, to me, that it would be rude and nasty. Don't probably. Well, I know we haven't started talking about it yet, but I do not think that Zombie Pirates was a terrible movie. I have definitely seen worse movies. <laughs> uh, we, we have seen way worse but I mean, you know, we, we always say, you know, just, you know, be honest, you know, keep your integrity. You just don't have to be a dick about it. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah. All right. So you played the first victim and Captain Lassard. So you got to play the main bad guy. Um, he was also in Shriek of the Sasquatch, Dead Clown, Super Croc. Uh, he worked with David uh, S. Sterling a lot. So he worked, did a lot of stuff with him. And he also produced this film. So and so did Sarah French. So that was kind of cool. Um, Denman Powers, who played the detective Nofke, who I'm sure, Paul, you're gonna have to uh, about the detective stuff because yeah, you, you've always seen bad police uh procedures and stuff. Um he, he was also an aberration, Psycho Santa 2, which I want I want to eventually find Psycho Santa one and do that, you know. Uh dead clowns and more. Um, if you notice, like almost every one of these people have been in pretty much dead clowns. Um, Don Diver uh, Diverger, um, I think that's how you say her name, was also uh, played Karen. She was in Waspzilla, which our buddy Brad Thompson, um, Thomason, mm -hmm. um, directed. Um, he she was in Radler's Two, Interfere, and many more. I mean, if you look at, she's actually had a pretty good career of of, of B movies. So good for her. Um, and she couldn't find her cards. I don't know what that was all about. Like it was like a big deal to the cop too. He's like, <laughs> he, she couldn't find the cards. Oh, that explains everything. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but she did hand over the scarf that gave DNA. Oh well, all right. Anyway. Which is ridiculous because you know you can just tell a cop, no, it's not yours. Exactly. You've just admitted it's somebody else's. So no. <laughs> yep 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 so there's there's a lot of that so we'll we'll talk about that so uh we usually let our special guest if they feel like it uh explain the story to the to the okay. like to try that sure 
Okay. So Zombie Pirates is a supernatural thriller about a young girl who is not a nice person. She murders people. She steals from people. And an elder gentleman learns about her um, theft and murder and blackmails her into an elaborate scheme to give zombie pirates fresh meat in exchange for doubloons. <laughs> it's almost a little Hitchcockian, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's it. Uh, I, uh, yeah, that's, that's the story pretty much to a T. And uh, I, I don't know. I, uh, the like in the beginning, uh, uh, anyway, we'll, we'll go right into everything, I guess, you know, um, uh, Paul, I'm sure you've got some things to say about the beginning of the film and everything. Well, it's interesting because when I remember back to when I first saw this, I don't know, maybe uh, six or seven years ago, and my assumption going right from the get-go was that this was going to be more of a typical zombie kind of a thing where zombies are running around looking for munchies and they just happen to be pirates in this case, you know. So the whole blackmail angle kind of came out of nowhere for me, and I really dug that because that's an aspect or a layer that I wasn't expecting, and you generally don't see, especially in a more of like like I said, a micro budget kind of a film. So somebody put a little bit more thought behind what was generally a very normal A to B to C vanilla kind of a story. Now. I'm not so sure that it necessarily needed pirates. I think pirates are kind of almost a little beside the point. You could have done this with anything. You could have made it made a deal with a demon, a demon with a witch, a demon with just about anything. But I just like the idea that there was this other nefarious thing going on and that now we have this main person whom we really should not like given what we've seen them do. But we are now kind of in a position where we're sort of rooting for a because we like sarah french and even though she was trying to rip off this guy i don't know that she necessarily meant to murder him she was just trying to steal some shit and now she's in a position where she has to do all of this other stuff that she was not planning on getting involved with and to her detriment now she goes into it a whole a whole lot easier than i think she should you know, you'd think she'd have some qualms about right. things here and there, but, you know, I, I did like at least the, 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 the fact that this, that the narrative was somewhat different than what I initially expected. Okay. What about you, Nicole? I thought the plot was very interesting. Like normally you don't have a plot with things like this and they definitely put effort into the plot. So it became a slightly smarter film for a low budget horror. Exactly. It became like more like a crime thriller, you know, yeah. mixed in with the uh, zombie uh, pirate. I what I think really, literally, I think Steve probably had the title "Zombie Pirates" in his head. Oh you know? yeah, <laughs> and he was like, "Let me work this around," and he didn't want to do what you said, Paul, like a boring version of it, which we've seen a million times. I mean, this is sort of like you know, another version of the fog, you know. Exactly. And that's the yeah. thing. I mean, I, I've read online where people would say this is more of an homage to Ghost Galley and some of the Blind Dead movies. I don't see that as much as I see it as the fog, given what's going on here. You know, especially with the foghorn you're you're hearing over and over and over and you never see any fog though, really. Right, right. <laughs> well I doesn't want to make it that obvious. 
Well, I'm glad that they didn't do fog. Besides, you have to, but you have to get the dry ice machine. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean that that you could rent that or something. I'm sure that that's not a problem. But the but the just doing fog stuff, you know. It's, well, it's this difficult. this was shot in Biloxi, Mississippi, so I don't know how many fog machines you're going to have floating around out there. Um. So yeah, and. I, I like that they had a little bit of a background on the girl too. The detective mentioned uh, her boyfriend, and did you notice his, he said the name Joe Sherlock, mm -hmm. another filmmaker. So they gave an homage to probably a filmmaking friend of his. And he ain't, at the end, he special thanked him too. So pretty sure yeah. he just was maybe he was helping him along when he was doing the script or something, or he just decided to do that. That's that's awesome. Um, but yeah, he mentions Joe Sherlock is in jail for whatever, and and she's uh, you know, and he probably taught her how to. Let's let's get into the detective stuff because I really really badly want to talk about that. Like the my biggest problem with the detective stuff was it was, yeah, you're right. Like Paul, you can kick a detective out, you know, very yeah, you know, but this guy was a little bit obsessive yeah well i was gonna say persistent you said obsessive illegal well he like really was into it like they made it so it was almost like a personal vendetta for him which is what i thought was interesting like yeah. i I'm, he really wanted to nail this girl like he had a hunch about her from the beginning and just really wanted to like make it go he wanted that case well the problem is you can have all the hunches you want but until you have evidence, he couldn't really right. do any of the stuff that he actually was doing. For example, the very first thing you see is when she opens the door and he just walks in without asking permission. No, you can't do that. Not even in L.A. can you do that. They have to ask permission and you can tell them no, not unless they either have a warrant or unless there's an active crime going on inside the house that they're privy to. Otherwise... Right. You don't go in a house that's somebody else's property without being invited in. And this is kind of the problem with most of the cop stuff there. It doesn't feel like um, the writing took any of that kind of, you know, research into account. I don't think anybody really sort of looked into how things are actually done. I'm assuming because they thought nobody's going to care. They just want to see a bunch of zombie pirates. But that sort of thing really sticks out to me. Well, you know, I think that's part of the reason why I thought he was obsessive was because he was doing so many things that were borderline shady. Mm -hmm. yeah. And and my my biggest problem with all of that is that the fact that most of it is that you know, most of the movie, at least half of the movie, is him and her stuff. You know, yeah. Because a lot of it is what Paul said before is padding. It's it's you know because you don't really get the the zombies don't actually start attacking until like the last 20 minutes of the movie before then they are just basically our, our captain lassard is just giving her you know silver you know each time she kills somebody which is a very interesting thing but it, it sort of becomes this kind of boring thing of going from like this for oh i'm gonna kill this person and then and and i wish that she had done they had done more where she talked to the people you know or something you know like we got to see more of them not just getting killed you know like the tattoo i would like seeing some sort of remorse or like human reaction to it right. it would have made it easier to root for her because even though she's the protagonist when she dies you don't 
really feel mm-hmm. bad for her because she kind of had it coming. Well, I don't I'm feel sorry, bad for her because she didn't, she didn't run. <laughs> no, she she didn't have to like walk right in front of him where he shoots her. He she you know we already it's already been established that there was a back door that she could just nip <laughs> right behind and just leave instead of walking out right in front walking of him. Very slowly out. The exactly. Back door so she's shot. kind of a dumb character in that regard. The so second thing with like she knows she has a timeline to keep. So why does she allow this idiot not only into her house but wasting time with coffee and all this stuff no goodbye go away i have things to do do you have a warrant no are you rescuing me no goodbye you're out right <laughs> that's it afraid if she's like that he's gonna make it worse you know on her or something if she's like rude but the coffee scene was so drawn out mm-hmm. like i think she it said really finish was. your coffee at least twice yeah and besides and as far as far as being worse, how much worse can it be than a bunch of undead zombie pirates all of a sudden coming up because you couldn't finish out what you're supposed to do? Well, no, because she she didn't realize because the, the watch that she stole from the dude was like a little uh, off or whatever. And so it was already... She didn't wind it up. She, yeah, <laughs> you know, whatever it was, she didn't, she didn't do it right. And so that she... That was actually a fun little a fun little bit. That actually made a lot of sense. Because <laughs> why would she know that you have to wind up a watch like that for it to work? Yeah, right. Exactly. You probably know that, but like most people, like who just take that from the guy. Um, but she took his, you know, took his, you know, watch or whatever, but didn't take his cane. You know, like why wouldn't she take his cane? You know, or or whatever. But it still wouldn't have looked like he he checked out. It would have looked like he just hasn't come back to his room yet. You know, yeah. well, either the writing was a little sloppy or the character is meant to be sloppy. Kind of depends on how you look at it. was meant to be sloppy. Because that point. I that's, agree. that's the thing that bothers me a little bit. Because if the character is meant to be sloppy, how is it that she has that beautiful house with a boat? And how does she support herself? What does she do all day? She's running around stealing things. I mean, come on. She yeah. must have some kind of income from some kind of actual job to pay for all that because she's not a very good thief clearly (laughs) (laughs) you notice the boat was slow too like everything was slow in this movie (laughs) it was a very slow movie i even the scene where the uh, cannibals uh, the zombies are eating was really slow it wasn't really scary it was just kind of like oh we're eating corpses (laughs) once again i think it's padding but like the movie was already an hour and 21 minutes i mean they kind of they could have sped things up a little bit. Yeah, they could have cut 20 minutes out of this film and tightened things up and tightened up some of the scenes, and I think it and would it, have been better. Well, 20 minutes would have made it an hour, you know. That's not enough for, you know, to really... Well, maybe that's why it was so slow. Maybe they had a short script. Maybe. Um, and, and that happens, actually, a lot. I, I know a guy that uh, was was making a movie, right? And he had, <laughs> he had a 90-page script, you know, or whatever. And he still made a 58-minute movie. Well, which they could have done. They could have spent 10 minutes on Sarah French's character, exploring who she is, why she's doing what she's doing, seeing her struggle a little bit, getting us on her side a little bit more so that when she's faced with these choices, you know, we have a little bit more sympathy for her character or a little bit more expectations of her character. I also would have liked to have seen more between her and the victims, like how she like gets them and stuff. 
Like the first one they spent some time on. I wish they would have spent time on all of them. That's I also thought it was interesting how she pours him wine and then finally she just decides, okay, let's do this. And it's just like she just gets up and kills him. <laughs> Right. She, she takes off her sh or starts to take off her shirt for a second. Right, and, exactly. It was like let's do this like sex, and then she just kills him. Yes, she kills him. Yeah, because but we don't see that. We only see her dragging the body out. She frying yeah. pans him, right? Yeah, yeah. She frying pans him, and then you know yeah, it's good. it's weird because you know you sort of expect there to be like blood or makeup or effects for that, but he's just he doesn't really look. And he worse for wear. And the same thing. No, he just looks like he's unconscious. Like the sailor guy, you know, he has like one little minor abrasion. I'm like, oh, I guess she minor abrasioned him to death. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know who did the effects, you know, if it was Steve himself as well. You know, <laughs> like he did everything else. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, but. Uh, it's just because there was gore. Of I have the a theory. The uh, I'm working on a. Uh, sorry. Go ahead. I'll, I was I'll just talk. saying there there was there was gore and blood with the pirates. So yes. I would have I would have liked to have seen some spared for her kills. Is, is all I'm saying. They had the plastic knife going through the mouth, but a little bit more would have been good. I have a theory. So we're working on a, a short film right now, and when I I wrote a really bloody scene, and they told me that he probably won't want to shoot that in his house. Maybe the reason there wasn't a lot of gore is they didn't want a lot of cleanup. Oh, I remember Mr. Moody shooting at my house and I'm like, dude, how are we going to clean up all the blood off my floor? <laughs> uh, but the... Because she had a really nice house and like the uh, there was gore on the ship, but there wasn't gore at her house. That's probably a really good thing because that's probably somebody's house or they either rented it or they found it from somebody, maybe a producer had that but yeah that's that's most likely but then what you do is that you make sure that the murders are elsewhere you know? i agree yeah. yeah and you like let the owners of whatever place that you're shooting at know that this is what you're going to be doing and that you know if they say you can't get blood on it you might need to move to another location, location. And, mm -hmm. you know, but um you know that could be the case uh and, and plus I think a lot of indie directors these days don't like to do like the gory, you know, everything is gory, everything is, you know, whatever kind well, of movies. The, the other thing, too, is I think the gorier you make the kills, the less sympathy you're going to have for Sarah French's character. So that's that's, that's, a good point. that's part of it, too. So but there are other more bloodless ways that you can dispatch someone. You know, I mean, you could. You know, it's it's the oldest thing trick in the book, but you could say that they, you know, slipped something into the guy's drink and then he gets mm -hmm. poisoned. That's an easy one. You can strangle somebody. You know, there there are myriad ways that you can do it without the gore and blood. When he was drinking the coffee, because she kept referencing the fucking coffee, I was like, oh, did she drug the coffee? Is God, he she should have. He she should have killed him. That's what she should have done. Definitely, have that would have made me. That would have made me so happy. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, especially yeah, with drinking her co his coffee or whatever, like she slipped something in there. Um, I I laughed because he was like, <laughs> "There's this one part where he's just like, um, oh, you have coffee, um, uh, and then she's like, well, it's been made, you know, it was made yesterday or whatever, and he's sitting like, all day. Yeah, please make me a new cup or new uh uh a new pot, you know, and just enough for one cup, and I'm like, oh. No, <laughs> go away. Well, that whole thing when he's like, I'm trying to stay off of caffeine. 
<laughs> you said that before and now all of a sudden he wants the cup mm. the coffee thing it was crazy like there was so much obsession with the coffee right that would have been a perfect chance to, to poison i totally him. if i had written it i would have killed it yeah. i would have i mean i know it's crooked and twisted and maybe he wanted the uh maybe steve wanted the uh the, the her to be the villain and her to get her comeuppance because after she dies the pirate gives him the doubloons right. so I maybe he just didn't want her to be sympathetic, but if I was writing it, if she's the bad guy and she's the protagonist, let's take it all the way. Maybe she gets away with it. Well, <laughs> see, if it were me, I would have had the the boyfriend that is alluded to, but that you don't see. I would have had him come in to the picture where it turns out, yes, he did end up teaching her all this stuff. He's the reason why she's on this road in the first place. And once she finds out about all this, he can be the guy that actually comes in and does all the rest of the stuff that the cop ends up doing later on. And then right. we can dispose of the cop. I mean, that's that's what I would have done. But but know. yeah, but uh, my my big thing was once he got the doubloons at the end, does that yeah. mean how he has to go and kill people and continue this thing going? I was wondering the same thing. It's not very clear. Right. I know it, what, what they were saying is she was the final body because it was five bodies over five. five days. So he might be in the clear, he but he got clear. to the balloons because he shot her. Because it was saying you still killed someone. Even though you're a cop, you killed this person. Yeah. Even though he didn't actually take place to take part in the ritual. He's just kind of like right place at the right, right. time. And then we're not even sure he's going to survive that anyway because, you know, and, he, and one of my favorite, favorite things uh, that I always see in, in movies that I think is one of the dumbest and worst things is when somebody is either shot or stabbed or, or you know, is some way injured, they start coughing. That's always <laughs> like a dead giveaway. It's like, oh, I mean, <laughs> why are you coughing? There's no reason for you to cough. Unless you've got tuberculosis, there's no reason for you to be coughing like that just because you've been shot. Unless you're shot in the lungs, in which case you're going to be aspirating and spitting blood out everywhere. Right. Mm -hmm. Now he got like stabbed in like the liver, it looked like. Like he got a he got a bayonet right through the or not, is it a bayonet? What is that? What is that called? The, like uh, cutlass. the cutlass. Yeah, cutlass right through the uh, right in the middle of the 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 body. <laughs> two inches into his uh, donut hole. That's about. And he it. thought he was gonna die from that or something. I'm like, aren't you a cop? Don't you know these things? You'll be you'll be all right. You'll just need to. <laughs> need he needs a test shot. <laughs> yeah, he'll be all right. Um. Uh, especially with a uh, with a with a cutlass like that, that old, you know, yeah. that that that's that for a while, you know, tetanus baby, lockjaw, ghost tetanus. <laughs> um, but yeah, I uh, honestly, I think he'll survive. I think one stab wound, you could probably survive. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was thinking. And but, but you know, a little more blood would have been interesting, especially especially when he got stabbed. That's another yeah, yeah, yeah. place but where you want more blood. There were some good practical special effects. I really dug all of the pirate outfits. I thought those were cool. I um, did too. Did you notice? Did you guys notice the model, the uh, force perspective on the the model ship? Yes. That was way cool. I, mean, I like the ship. You could tell it's a model, but that's okay because you know none of the sails were moving like at all. Everything was stiff, but right. it still looked really good. The lighting for it was really good, and the way that it was edited with the music. I thought right there, that's where I think people were thinking Ghost Galley. And that's, that was like classic Euro kind of horror scene right there, that 30 seconds. If there had been a lot more of that, um, I'd have been like, ooh, this is really, really cool. I, uh, I think he was really good with the score. I think he did a great job with that. Yes, the music yeah. was really good. Well, so I really like uh, stories on the sea. And I've told you this before, Paul. And Paul didn't even know that until recently. 
but I love movies that usually take place like on a sea or pirates or that kind of stuff. So seeing the sea and seeing her on the boat for a little bit was was really neat. Um, problem is that happened like too much of yeah. her like going away and everything. Like I get it. We 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 get it. Like you killed the guy and you're gonna bring him on your boat. Then then cut and then we go to the next scene because we don't need the same scene and then us watching the the boat go away and then then well, again the boat go away and plus know. Grant made it very clear that this ritual was had very very specific stuff and that since the pirate ship was sunk in the water you would think that she'd have to be a little bit more specific about where she's exactly dumping i was wondering the same thing i agree where where is she supposed to do this it's a big bay out there and uh just anywhere is that it i i was i was taken as anywhere you know like just in the middle of the sea somewhere, you know, like not, uh, but I'm also like thinking really nobody saw her dragging this thing. Like, yeah, this, I know. Like I know. It, it, it happens in a lot of horror film, like especially indie horror films where I'm just like, come on now. And you could tell it's the same uh, stuff wrapped up, even though all the yeah. bodies are different. It's like they did it and the same day. It's <laughs> light. It's clearly very light. Because, you know, when she's dragging it on the boat, you can see stuff bouncing and, you know, it's. It's, it's not a body. It's not. It's not. No, no. Eric, Eric Sputic. I, I hate to pull. say it, but if if it were me, I would try to get some a stunt person say, look, I know this sucks, but could do you mind just being in the sheet while we can drag you? A, a stunt <laughs> person shouldn't have any problem with that. That seems like the least of a stunt person stunt and when grant goes we're gonna tie some pillows around your waist just to give it a little more verisimilitude but they gotta get like three different people of three different sizes those guys are all the same size right and they all look the same and i and i get it there are people that that won't even notice that sort of thing but you know me i know details always pop out for me i'm that i'm that person and i don't know why it is but my brain recognizes patterns and I see things in the background and I see little things like that and it it doesn't just go back by me it just blows up you know well we've all done reviews and we all seen these movies and 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 Nicole is also in the the industry so she knows you know she sees that stuff and she's probably on set all the time saying hey you know like whatever right like suggesting ideas or whatever and I mean, if I were somebody on the production, I would have said, why don't we, you know, change this up? Right. Now, like you said, Steve might have been like, nobody's going to care. But people like us care who watch these movies over and over again, because we want to make sure that the people who make the movie are specifically watching for these things. And odds are yeah. he probably didn't have enough crew to actually do that or to deal with well that's another interesting or... thing about the movie is how few characters there are right small small group yeah small, very small small crew you know it was made for probably like peanuts like two thousand dollars maybe mm-hmm. you know, whatever it costs for to fly sarah french out because <laughs> he had his own and... camera his own editing stuff he didn't well, one thing i did want to point out you know i'm a big sarah french fan I don't know that this was my favorite performance of Sarah French, especially in the beginning. She, uh, there were some line readings that I was not convinced of. I, it wasn't her fault necessarily, too. And I know what you're talking about because 
I think a lot of it had to do with the writing. There was some writing issues that I had where at points uh, there were supposed to be like jokey lines or something like her saying these things and they just came off bad. And I don't think she was going to yeah. be, able to, I, I don't think she could have saved it. Even I think it went better as the movie went along. And mm -hmm. I think the writing and the dialogue got better towards the second half of the film. But I think the first half had some writing issues and it had, it, it just kind of had a few, a few line readings that, you know, I just would have liked to have seen a few more takes. Remember Grant wanted the coffee too. So everybody likes the coffee, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> the Coleman Francis thing. Everybody does stuff with coffee. Well, I mean, I think that's a uh, running joke idea. You know, like there's just so much about the coffee. Maybe maybe uh, there was a joke on one of Steve's sets about him being obsessed with coffee. So he put and, it in. Yeah, I'm sure there's something we're missing. And my God, this is another one of those examples where I'm just, I'm, I'm stuck on a detail. How could you not love the zombie parrot? If that wasn't like the greatest thing, I wanted a whole movie about the zombie parrot. This is this is just like MILFs versus zombies, where I, you got to see the zombie squirrel running, flying around and killing people. I wanted to see a whole movie about the zombie squirrel. I wanted the zombie parrot. I just thought the that zombie was, parrit to fly around and just like people. Well, a little bit more. I, I was dying to see more of that. I thought, what a great idea. Well, you should make a movie called Zombie Parrot. Yes, I should. You know, there's there's a market for that for sure. I mean, was my, am I the only person? Am I crazy? Didn't you guys? No, no I thought the Zombie Parrot was cool. I did too. Yeah, I appreciated yes. it. I I would love that. Like, I I wonder who got to keep it. I wonder if Steve got to keep it or whoever made it got to keep it or whatever. You know, even but, if it was like a little extra scene where like the Zombie Parrot is pecking the eyes out of the corpse, that would have been right. fun. Yeah, that would have been cool. I like that. So yeah. I would have, I would have preferred, but it, it was a prop though, really. Like it wasn't like, I don't know. Or, or when, when he visits her with the, with the uh, silver, if he could have been on the shoulder, that would have been cool. Yeah. I, I think we should have seen more of the zombie parrot, honestly, you know. Yeah. The missed, I, I chalked it up as a missed opportunity. I mean, I loved seeing it. I love the concept, but would love to have seen more. Yeah. So we've talked about the, what did you guys think about how it like was shot, like the, the camera work of it? <laughs> I mean, I didn't have a problem with the camera work, but yeah. uh, I mean, I usually come at things from more of a writing perspective, usually, which I also, I think it was well written. I just would have, I, I the cop was a hard character to like. That would be the only thing I'd say about the writing. The, uh, the directing, uh, the, the cinematography, it was, uh, I, I liked how they showed the water multiple times. I thought those were really beautiful shots. Um, I think it was pretty steady. Uh, I, they didn't try to do anything too creative, though. That would be, like, the only thing I could say. They didn't really try to do anything extra, like, hmm. like shadow. Well, they did do some shadows. In, they did actually did do some shadow work on the boat, too, where they tried to change the ambiance. So that was pretty good. Yeah, I, I have to agree. I, I'd say that it was competently directed, Nothing particularly great to that, but there were no problems. I mean, we've seen a lot worse than that. If anything, I might have had a little bit of an issue with some of the lighting, especially in that very, very, very white house that she had. It Because it it bounced so much light off of the lights there, it, it actually seemed a little harsh. I think they could have toned that down a bit and, and would have been it would have added to the mood in my opinion especially once they started the the zombies started to attack because i don't know whether you noticed this but 
I think they were trying to get across the point that there was something supernatural happening because all of a sudden their phone wasn't working. Yeah. And you, you know what I mean? So it seems yeah. like there should have been, you know, the lighting should have been a little bit more reflective of that. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I think at least the light should have flickered or something, you know, or, or stuff. That happened. Would have been a nice touch. Yeah. Or, you know, I'd have cooled, cooled down the lights. I would have added some blues in there or something just to make it a little extra creepy. But the way that it was lit, it, I mean, you know, me, I, I, I love a movie where you can actually see and you can see everything. But this is one one of the few movies I could actually thought, well, you could have toned it actually down a little bit and it would have worked. You could have made it so you can't see as much, but you can still, you know, I just mean, a little, just a little bit. I, I agree. Uh, but yeah, I, I that was when I was watching it. Uh, that's one of Paul's things is, you know, when we we do the stingometer, he usually says, you know the movies that are like a 30 which is like 10 10 and 10 is usually movies that we can't see or we can't hear what's going on i could hear right. pretty much everything i mean there might be a couple lines or something you know or whatever but not really that it wasn't that noticeable a bad sound it was great you know lighting great uh you know we could see everything it was uh, and in that sense it wasn't bad like it was right. probably right. made it was competently made. There's some. There are a few sound things too, like the there were a couple of phone conversations that didn't sound like. No, phones. I don't know what they use for the voiceover for that, you know. But whatever they did, it sounded weird, you mm. know. It sounded like the person was there, you know, <laughs> right, like in the background or I something. Mean, not David the Rock Nelson there, where he's like <laughs> ring ring. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, but he was like, whatever, like you when you could hear the voiceover ish thing, mm. and like the person was just like right behind them or something. Right, right. And this this is definitely along the lines of the other Steve Session movies that I have seen, where I have thought, you know, there's a lot of good stuff here. There's a lot of other stuff that's not so good, but I'm willing to chalk that up to budget. I'm like, God, I just want to give this guy an extra 50K or an extra 100K. And I'm willing to bet, especially the way he uses some of these practical special effects, that he could make a really, really good movie. It's just, you know, some most of the problems could just come down to okay, polishing up some of the writing and 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 the and some of the characters, but also having a little bit more of a budget. Yeah. Now I'm not sure if he's retired or if he just has been, you know, not wanting to make anything recently. He hasn't really done anything. I think. I want to see Zombie Pirates is one of the last things he did. Um, and I don't think it's because, you know, it was bad or nothing. You know, I think it's just he was. I mean, when you're an indie person and you're pretty much self-financing or maybe you're lucky and you have some money coming in from somebody else, but, you know, that can dry up soon. What are you going to do? I mean, you know, you don't want to start mortgaging your house in order to make a film unless you're one of those really obsessive people, you know. Right. So he, uh, the last couple of things he directed were two shorts. So he hasn't really done anything, you know, aside from that, which I mean, I think he should be proud of Zombie Pirates. I think it's a good solid B film. Sure. Yeah. Uh, like, I mean, if I, if I, if I put that out, I'd be proud of it. it. It's not, I mean, even as we're talking, we're not finding anything too terrible with it. Mainly, we just don't like the cop. <laughs> Well, the cop stuff is just ridiculous. Yeah, the, the cop and the pacing are the, my two biggest problems. 
yeah the, the cop and the yeah and and how slow it is sort of you know and not slow like this is a boring movie slow just like you yeah. know like let's let's get to the get to the point you know? yeah because the the time the, the on-screen time could have been put to better use by fleshing out some characters by doing some other stuff yeah you know paul you've talked about this before where uh you always say writing is something you can do that's free you know that you don't you don't need to pay anybody necessarily if you want to write your movie you go and write your movie but then you don't just write one draft and then you say let's go shoot you know you pick another draft and another draft and another draft i've been doing that with all my scripts you know and And frequently you're going to be on set doing stuff and you're a new scene's going to pop in new dialogue you're going to have to write stuff on the fly and you know i mean that happens frequently and you you need to be able to to do that so you can't just write one or even two versions it's it's an ongoing thing and that is the meat and bones of any production you have to have good writing you have to have a good narrative it has to be able to tell the story because if it's all up in your head and you understand it but then people out in the audience don't get it you have failed in your job in telling the story. You have to right. present that. Uh, and the, the way you present it is not only visually, but the structure is all done by the writing. So the writing is is key to everything. Exactly. No, I agree 100%. So I'm hoping that people, when they listen to this podcast, they understand we're not, you know, we're not saying the movie is bad. We're just necessarily, we're saying that the writing could have been better you know, and all this other stuff could have been better if there was just more, a little bit more planning Mm -hmm. and everything, which is fine. I mean, look, the movie got finished. It got distributed. It's on Tubi. People can see it, you know, and to me, that is the sign of a great movie, you know, period. It's a huge success. Yeah, a huge success. Like, I would be very proud if it was me. Yeah. So, there you go. And everybody did a great job. All the actors, you know, did did their part you know even if we say the stuff about the cop the cop was written that way you know it's not you know it's not the actor's fault the actor did his scene i'll go as far as this to say that the way the story ended you could you could conceivably come back for a second related film you really could yeah. if you wanted to it was interesting that they had the tattooist guy and the uh uh tattoo girl you know and she was actually it looked like she was actually getting a real tattoo mm-hmm. yeah i'm and i was like did they like paint something like fake or is that really like did he really tattoo real that? and so i'm wondering if looks they, real. i thought the same thing if steve just contacted that guy said i know a, a tattoo artist let me see if i could put him in my movie you know, right? And then just ask that girl if she doesn't mind being videotaped because she doesn't, she's never seen again or anything. Like, she's not murdered yeah. or anything. Which, does it have to be every, it has to be five people. Does it have to be five nights? Well, that's the yeah, thing. five people, because, five nights. Because if it were me, I'd be like, well, I'm going to find five people, kill them all, throw them in the freezer, <clears throat> and then just every night at midnight, dump one. But apparently, I guess that's not going to work. I don't know, maybe they have to be fresh. 
I think they have to be fresh. Hmm. They have to be fresh bodies, fresh sacrifices. So this this demon has this really weird kind of you know idea there, and that's the other thing is I would have liked to have heard a little bit more background about the pirate himself. You know the deal that he made. Why did he make this deal? And um, what happened exactly that made him into a you know corpse coming back to life? You know what I mean, as opposed to just being dead. Remember when we did like Jolly Roger? They had a whole background backstory, right. them, you know, and everything. That's a worse movie, but it it, you know, it was uh, still, uh, you know, it still at least had that going for it, you know. So. It, yeah, was that another zombie pirate movie, I guess? I yeah, but, and especially given the fact that the closest thing that this is trying to compare itself to, in my opinion, is The Fog, like you said. And with The Fog, we, you know, right from the very first scene, we get all that delicious, crunchy, puffy well, backstory. Yeah, that's through, uh, was it, uh, people at a uh, campfire, you know, right? Mm -hmm. Tell the story or it, whatever. Which and is especially cool, something like that, where right. you're like, like that would be cool like a 10 minute early thing like you know you you do 10 minutes of when that happens so instead of talking about what happened you actually show it you get some of your pirate cosplay people and you, you show a scene of that and that we know cool. some we know some we can get we can yeah. make, uh, but, but that's that's what i mean so that you have other you, you're using screen time for other things other than slowing things down right yeah well um i think it's about that time is there anything else that we didn't discuss that... uh, we did mention the music right because i i did want to point out especially given the fact that he's a composer i thought the music was really good i, I enjoyed yeah it was that. great i i didn't even realize he was the composer until i did the research and stuff and uh i i didn't see it on the uh, the screen when i was doing the uh crew and um i uh i i, I liked the music a lot I actually really, really dug it. And I was like, uh, he must have gotten a really good composer. And it turned out to be him who <laughs> actual professional composing for other films. So there you go. Um, uh, I think that's how he sort of keeps making his money, you know, doing stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, so hopefully he will continue doing that and, uh, and or continue directing because I'd love to see like he's he's a friend of mine on Facebook. I love the guy, you know. Uh, Shriek of the Sasquatch is just so silly. Yep, I love that movie too. <laughs> yeah, also Sarah French, um, and Eric Spudic. Both of them are in the movie again. And I think probably somebody else too. I'm sure in this cast because he seems to like to work with the same people. You know, ha have you seen Malefic? Malefic is actually a lot of fun, and it's I, got Lilith Stabs, whom I really really like. Yeah, Lilith is a friend of mine actually. So, oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah. Didn't know. Uh, she's a sweetheart um uh she uh yeah so i think i want to say he might have sent me it or something to let me see it i just don't know like i'd have to look back at it um so nikki have you ever been up in a pirate movie or gotten to be a pirate i've not been in a pirate movie uh that'd be pretty cool i think that'd be fun i, uh, I have died part. in uh, I, I got to die in a golf movie and I got to die <laughs> in a vampire movie, but I've never nice. died in a pirate movie. I think that'd be fun. Like getting stabbed with a cutlass. I, I do very bloody death scenes typically though. Like I, 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 the people I work with like a lot of blood. So there'd be a lot more blood in, in my death scene if I was what working. What if you were like pecked to death by a zombie parrot? 
he would that would be like i would have him go for the jugular and like slam down and then it would be like blood everywhere and, and <laughs> my zombie pirate i or my zombie parrot i'd make sure that he has a little eye patch and a little absolutely yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah that'd be a little cool. sword. Just, like little like parrot jaws chomping down on your jugular and like that'd be fun that'd be a fun death scene or, i like that or even if the zombie parrot had like a tiny little sword yeah <laughs> It's actually like a, a puppet parrot. <laughs> puppet parrot. Um, yeah, and, and I guess that's the only other point that maybe we could bring out. I don't know. I, a little bit more humor might have also kind of pushed the movie along. I, I would like to have seen some of that because, you know, when the zombie pirates do actually arise, like I said, neither one of them seem particularly you know, upset or surprised or taken by it. And to me, I mean, that's just sort of like, uh, yeah, the, you know, this, this is a really bizarre, crazy thing. And you make a valid point. Cause then we have to think about the other side of it, which is, do they just not eat until the ritual happens? Like, are they just starving <laughs> on that boat until someone stumbles across the ritual? Right. Oh man. Yeah. Are they all just living there going, there's their little zombie tummies all rumbling and brains, you know, well, except just, they're underwater. So they're going. And that's also a cool thing you could have added to it. Like you have to go, they're not like allowed on land or something. So you have to go drop off the sacrifices at sea, which is why they don't attack the village or something. Mm, yeah. And you know, there were a couple of little continuity issues. Like, you know, we see them rise up from the sea, but once they're on land, they're all very, very dry. Yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> He has a monkey that he squeaks anytime that continuity happens. It's called continuity monkey. <laughs> there he is. There he is. Pops up. I like squeaking my monkey. Uh, <laughs> it looks like you have a critter next to you or something. I have a cat. Yeah. We, we love critters. We love. We are very pro critter. Yeah, he wants on my lap. I'm not sure. I'll pick him up. No, he's going away. Okay, he gave up. <laughs> That's I'm a good. cat. You know, I was like, you don't want me. I don't want you. I'm all right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So let's let's get to it. So we're gonna we're gonna go down to our stinkometer, which Paul is going to describe to everybody. All right. So the stinkometer is a way that we score our film using the scores from three different people, by which the lower the score, the better the film. And if you kind of think the movie's kind of meh, you might give it a score in the middle, like a four or five or six or something like that. And if you think the movie was a big old steaming pile of stink, you would give it a higher number, like a nine or a 10. And if you felt kind of subtle about your score, you could go a half step and do a four and a half, five and a half, eight and a half, that sort of a thing. And then we take our three scores, we total it up, and we get our, our total and we see where on the ladder of stink this movie happens to be. And if you got a 30, which is to say three tens, then you know that that movie has ascended to the stinky heavens along with some uh, pretty darn stinky films. Well, so you can also do a 10 plus, you know. Right? Yeah, rarely. I, I rarely. don't know if I want to have that too often. Uh, I'm not saying all the time. I'm saying that is a suggestion if it's a bad movie. I mean, know? in 180 movies or whatever we've done, we've only had two so far. We've only had two, but... <laughs> but... 
honestly, there's been a few that I want I would have wanted to give a 10 plus to. I just <laughs> we just didn't have that back then. We started doing the 10 plus yeah. a few years ago. So yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know that I've found anything necessarily that worthy. Actio but, Maximus. Uh, yeah, I still wouldn't have done that. Uh, yeah. you know, not for me. Miss Werewolf on the other end, that broke the mold. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I broke them all. That's two and a half, uh, almost three hour long crap fest. And we're going to, I don't know why we're going to keep talking about it. We're just because it's wonderful. David Rock Nelson, more, more time and money. Don't you change, sir. Don't you ever change. Okay. So So this is my critter. Oh, look at that kitty. What a flu. Very big and fluffy. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Oh, super cute. Oh, it's trouble. Trouble? Ah. Trouble. Outstanding. Well, there you go. It kind of fits his personality, huh? Yeah. When he was a kitten, he was very curious and always doing things and exploring. So I named him Trouble. Very He's still nice. Trouble. Like, I mean, if I hadn't picked him up, he would have done something. <laughs> nice. I'm, I'm getting you back, mommy. You know. <laughs> Moody knows what that's like with Obi. Oh, yeah, I have a cat named The Destroyer Obi. of the Universe. <laughs> if he doesn't, you know, if he gets bored, you know, watch out, you know, because he'll just he'll just start making things. Um, but I'll tell you this. My niece had a uh, had her 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 uh, son here, the baby, you know, and the baby had butted Obi. Oh, the cutest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Like, oh, nice. So, all right. We're going to we're going to get to the thing. So I'm going to let you go first, Paul, because we're going to let our special guests <laughs> first time on here go last. So, okay. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give this one a six and a half. Um, we've definitely seen a lot worse movies than this. Um, it definitely has some issues, like I said, especially the pacing. I mean, I'm not going to go over some of the, the bad stuff. There's plenty of good stuff. There's plenty of good uh, stuff that I thought was, was really well done. I really enjoyed the music. I enjoyed the different parts of the narrative, even though uh, there are other some issues with it. And overall, I think it was a, for a, for a, a micro budget film, this was a pretty solid out, you know, outing. And um, as I've said, this to me seems fairly typical of the movies that I've seen from Steve Sessions. I haven't seen probably as many as you have, but I always come away feeling like the guy definitely has some talent. And my goodness, if I could just find him some more money, you know, these other little naggling issues, I, I probably wouldn't happen. You know what I mean? So I I thought it was kind of cool. I think for the right mood, especially if you're into pirate stuff or, or if you're into a movie that's a little bit different or if you're a big Sarah French fan, this would probably be a, a good movie for you to check out. So, um, yeah, not not too bad. But six and a half seems fair to me. All right. Um, I was actually going to go with six. So, okay. Yeah, I mean, it just like you said, it's it's not a terrible movie at, by no. any stretch of the imagination. It's pretty solid. Um, it, you know, pacing and uh, the cop stuff maybe was just a little, you know, not as good. And some of the acting in the beginning, I think, yeah, it does kind of uh, d- doesn't ring true necessarily to who whatever. And and and, and I would have liked to see some backstory. Period on 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 Sarah French mm-hmm. or. On, the uh the the pirate you know and and you could have done that if they cut down some of this pacing stuff and and everything or at least um you know cut out some of the detective stuff i feel like the detective stuff went on 
way too long and right. slow. Like I said, it was half the freaking movie pretty much, which yeah. is not needed, you know, especially when like it really doesn't amount to anything in the end, you know, I mean, other than just getting them together at that last thing, they could have set that up at any time. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I think, you know, she could have been looking at her watch and he could have just came in there and talked to her for a little bit. And then they'll go, oh my God, you know, I, I'm late. You know, and all this stuff's happening, right? So it it just, it, it was like an idea of that. So anyway, I, yeah. I, I love, it, I, it's a movie I've watched three times so far and I'll probably watch more. Um, I don't own it yet, I don't think, which I need to, I need to buy it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, I really liked it. So enjoyed it. Yeah, and um, we'll find out where it is because that's the other thing. I don't know whether we told you, Nikki, but um no matter what, whether we love a movie or we don't like a movie, whether we think it's good or whether we think it's not good at all, we always make sure to, uh, when we do our reviews, we make sure to put up places where people can go out and buy the movie and judge for themselves so that uh, the artists make sure that they get paid for that. So yeah, because if we didn't really, really like a movie at all, we wouldn't, this would not be on the show. We would just ignore it. Right. Yeah, pretty much, you know, so, um, all right, uh, Nicole, what do you think? Uh, I'm going to give him a four, and oh. it's because I don't like the cop, and I would have developed the, uh, I would have developed Sarah's French's character a little bit more, like either showed more with her at the victims, or like just more, I would have had her be a little bit more sympathetic, because you mm-hmm. can't really root for her, and that's kind of the problem I had, was you're just like, oh, when she dies, you're like, yeah, she had it coming, and I would have liked to have had a little bit more conflict in, in her struggle with her character. I agree 100%. Um, yeah, I mean, she's pretty, but you need more than that. Yeah. Uh, she did do nudity, which was a little surprising. Oh, I forgot to mention that. I love how less than five minutes in, you see tits. Right. Always like, that was quality. so sudden. That wasn't even, I, I, I was looking, I looked at the movie. I'm like, it wasn't even five minutes in. It was like four <laughs> something when they show the tits. She just got home. She was like, I'm taking it off you know like hey that's what i do <laughs> oh man no. uh, so okay so that's I also uh, it would be relevant and they never showed tits again in the rest of the movie <laughs> uh, I mean, but but give, give them credit at least they didn't do what every other micro budget indie film person does where you know you see her in the shower and the, and you're just like leering at her while she's doing one of those fake sudsing up and it's just you know right ridiculous and i you know you, I, there's no way if, if i were making a movie that i would ever put a shower scene in there because it's so ridiculous it's so stupid such a you know a cop out you know it's a lazy way to introduce uh, a little bit of nudity i don't mind a little bit of nudity but be creative with it and have it fit the story i mean it, that works far better than than the than the shower scene the the traditional shower scene so at least they didn't do that yeah so this got a 16.5 total uh which pretty pretty good actually that's you know that's that's better than bad you know like bad is usually 20 and up you know mm-hmm. our stink stinkometer scale uh so 16 and 5 is usually kind of in the middle um but uh, the only other one that got 16.5 is Knights of the City, which oh. I don't know. Did you ever watch that? I've seen that. Yes. Yeah. It's ridiculous. So, yeah. Well, I don't know if you would have been with John on it being a 10. I don't know that I would have given it a 10, but I, I, it was not a good one. <laughs> not yeah. a great film. 
So, but I liked it instead of Melon Deering. So, we, but it got a 16 and a half. And so this got a 16 and a half as well. So Melon Deering loves everything. I would say if someone asked me if they should watch it, it's worth a watch. Like I wouldn't turn someone away sure. from this movie. Sure. Yeah, definitely. I, I think if, you, once again, if you're into zombies, pirates, and Sarah French, there you go. You got a whole, you know, that's the perfect thing for it. Um, I, I will actually say, I think I like it better than Shriek of the Sasquatch. Because as I was telling uh, telling uh, Eric Sputik when we were doing our review of it, I said, there was no Shriek in the in this film at all. <laughs> watched it Shriek, you know. And I, Shriek of the Sasquatch is a little sillier, though. I, I kind of like that. You know, I like silly humor. Yeah, silly stuff. It was it wasn't as it, this took itself pretty seriously, which mm-hmm. you know, and and I actually like that too. Like either way, if you're gonna show a movie, but at least don't be like kind of half and half, like half taking it seriously, half being jokey, because then that just confuses me a little bit. But if you're gonna make a movie that's all sort of jokey and stuff, and then all sort of uh, serious, you know, that's sort of what both of those are. So I I okay. do both of those movies. I said, okay. Okay. All right. So uh, anyway, Nicole, for your first time here, what'd you think? Oh, I had a great time. Um, should I back? tell people where they can find me if they want to like please, get in touch with me? Please. Yes. Uh, I, I, we uh, discussed this a little bit before, but I'm Nicole H6 on Facebook. I also have a podcast called The Dark Mark Show, where we interview edgy, weird stuff on the cusp of society. And then uh, I'm Nicole Six Books on Instagram. Nice. What have you done for uh, as far as books so people can look those up? I have four different books. Uh, you can Google or find my Amazon page if you want. I don't have the I don't have an actual website. I just usually do stuff based off social media. Um, but my last book to come out was a book of poetry, and that's on Lulu.com. So I will sign it for you. Uh, you just have to send me a message because I can't do it directly through the publisher. Oh, that's interesting. My first go around in grad school was actually for poetry writing and. Then it was like, okay, I actually want to have a living and get paid money, so I'm going to do something else. Well, my first three books are all horror anthologies, so I just like I had some poetry laying around, so I decided to do something a little different. So my next book will be another horror anthology. I like anthologies because you can like like I like anthology movies and TV shows too. I just I like anthologies because they're like short little bites that give you like this really cool feeling and inspire you. I like I like I like anthologies. They're yeah, like concentrated no. stories. I like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I grew up on shows like Argue for the Dark and Tales from the Crib uh-huh. and stuff like that. So, like, I grew up loving, uh, you know, sort of short stories, you know, and everything. And uh, Paul Paul and I have been working on stuff like Screen Queen Campfire and uh, Scary Story Slumber. Those are dying to make shorts. I love making shorts. Yes. <laughs> he wants to make some more shorts, you know. And they're fun. You know, because, you know, you have to tell uh, you have to tell a complete story in a short amount of time. And that's definitely challenging. It's as uh, John Carpenter's wife and I were talking about it. And uh, I worked for them briefly, not as a writer, but as a a promoter. I was helping them with their social media. And um, she said there's a totally different skill to writing a good short story. And I really appreciated that because she like respected the fact that I had like the skill of writing. Like, as you said, you have to get it condensed. It's real raw and you have to get it in a short amount of time. And not everybody can do that. No room I think for filler. King, 
you can tell the difference with Stephen King because he can write really long ones or he can write short ones. I like some of his short stories so much. Like some of them are just so interesting. We do we do a show on Indie Film Cafe's YouTube channel called Short Film Saturday, where we review other people's short films and stuff because you don't really see people reviewing short films, right. you know, much. That's true. And there's a yeah. lot of good ones out there, a lot of very interesting ones. A yeah. lot of movies that we've run into would have made much better short films. Yeah. <laughs> some, some of them, yeah. Some of them we were like, man, why did that go on for like two more hours? <laughs> you know, like, or whatever, like an hour. Like it should have oh, been, I agree. you know, uh, was it, uh, ten, uh, was it uh, 10 minutes long or something, you know? But yeah, so uh, that was great. Thank you so much for, you know, coming on the show and, and chatting with us about this. Uh, so do you, you, did you say you had a website or you don't have a website right now? I don't have a website. Just find me on social media and get to know me, like drop into my DMs and I'll talk to you and I'll, I'll I like to get to know people. So. Yes, Paul, you should add her then. Yeah. You know, I'm always kind of shy about that sort of thing. Yeah. Especially when it comes to, you know, trying to add women and they're like, who the hell's this weirdo guy hitting on me or being weird or being disgusting. And well, you're not. So yeah. so yeah, I don't really. Thankfully, I don't have to deal with that very much. Maybe because I'm a horror writer, so people are just like too scared to send me dick pics. <laughs> but uh, I, for the most part, I just have people that are like, and it's guys and girls. My uh, reader base is not just one gender, and uh, they just get to know me. Like they get to know my posts, they get to know me, and I just I built a small little community of a few thousand people, and I really like it. Well, oh, yeah, I can I promise you, I would never send you a dick pic. Now, I might send you a cow <laughs> pic. <laughs> that's, that's an interesting one to get. I don't know. Like, that, that's something. <laughs> I've sent a few cow it. pictures to folks before. Have you? Oh, yeah. Oh, Lord. Even uh, Jackie, I've sent. <laughs> well, there must have been funny ones, though, right? Oh, like, yeah, 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 yeah. A cow, you know. Uh, I'm a little bit silly. Most people know me as the weird cow guy. Because I like cows. <laughs> hey, that Nicole, did I mention that earlier? Or no, you did. You did. Yes, I like to mention that to everybody, just because Paul also, if he adds you, his uh, profile is a uh, is a plushy cow. You know. Oh, awesome! Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah feel and, free to. Add me. I'd love to continue talking to you in the future. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. And I don't know whether you've seen our reviews website, but I sort of write the reviews in the persona of a cow watching movies, and I. Throw That's in a awesome. bunch of weird, goofy, dad yeah. pun type cow jokes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's yeah. fun. You know, cows are going, everybody. You know? Although it does <laughs> it does annoy some people, apparently. But secretly, that pleases me, too. So it's good either way. <laughs> so, yeah, we were trying to work on a project one time. And this producer was telling us that, that Paul had to drop his cow persona uh, you know, and change his profile pic. Yep. And we did know we do did that for like um, a couple of weeks, maybe, you know, well, like, a little bit. I was, yeah, I was trying to help you out because yeah. it was important to you. But yeah, I was chomping at the bit, man. Yeah. When that <laughs> turned out to be a flake, we, uh, uh, we turned, you know, we, we let Paul become the cow again, you know, awesome. We didn't really like him getting rid of his, who he is as a person, you know, right. Uh, all right, so there you and go. And I is who I is. Well, thank you so much, Nicole. And uh, thank you all for listening. It'll be Paul's episode coming up next. And 
we're going to be recording that on Sunday, and I'm really excited because it's going to be an interesting one. So. Yeah, and I I hope Nick you'll want to come back and maybe be on the show, maybe get to watch one of, or you know one of the ones that I suggest. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Okay, maybe not right away, but yes, definitely right. in the future. Yeah, well, Moody schedule. I'm down. I schedule it uh, generally, and uh, and yes, I don't make it be like tomorrow or something. <laughs> I let it let it be a little bit of time. I'm having an interesting week because I had a script deadline for what I'm working on. And I have like, I have like a whole lot of writing to do this week, but I put this in because I thought it was a lot of fun. So I I did my writing for the day already. I got it out of the way early so I could hang out with you guys. Nice. We appreciate it. I sort of did that too, except I still got some more writing to do that I want to do tonight. I will tomorrow. I have a lot of editing to do. I just finished the rough draft. So tomorrow I go in and start picking it apart. So I'm not really looking forward to that, but it's got to be done. (laughs) Well, just so you know, I tend to look for things that are tend to be a little bit more obscure and a little more wacky. So, you know, like I've suggested we do things like Attack of the Killer Chickens we did and uh, <laughs> Hot Chicks Blast Uranus we did and uh, Bar wow. Blood Llama we did. Um, yeah. <laughs> wacky titles, yeah. Fun, fun movies. We just did one uh, a couple days ago called a Cosplay Fetish Battle Droid Drums, you know. <laughs> wow. Nice. Yeah, I, I've got stuff to tell Paul later about uh, that guy or whatever. Nice, and, nice, uh, nice. No, not, not nice. Um, but we'll we'll uh, we'll talk about all that and and whatnot on another day. But thank you guys for checking us out and join us next week for a brand new episode. Until then, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.